Welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 419 for the week of September 13th, 2015. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with not just the podcast, but videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. So in order to get the most out of your next or first Walt Disney World vacation, there are so many pieces to a very fun puzzle that you need to put together. And while planning and getting there is half the fun, well, technically a third of the fun each, there are also some common mistakes that guests should avoid. So this week, we're going to discuss our top 10 mistakes made by visitors to Walt Disney World. And whether it's your first visit or your 1,000th, there are some best practices to help you have a truly magical, memorable time. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for new information about upcoming meets of the month and lots more. So sit back... Relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. There's nothing like your first time, your first day of school, your first kiss. In my case, your first broken heart, your first car, your first pot roast mac and cheese at the Friar's Nook in the Magic Kingdom. That didn't take very long. And you also never forget your first trip to Walt Disney World. It can be the experience that will forever determine how you look at at going to the park, right? Because it can be the most magical, memorable time of your life. And it can also be something that you swear you will never do again. And I, of course, want you to have the former type of experience. So this week, we're going to share with you, well, in the past, we've really talked about things that you should do and you should see and you should eat and enjoy. But I think you also need to look at some of the things that you shouldn't. So this week, we're going to share with you our top 10-ish mistakes to avoid, whether it's a common mistake by a first-time visitor, but I also think there's ones that even if you're a repeat visitor... You should keep in mind as well. And when you hear the words, top 10, you know that I probably reached out to Samantha Brown first. She was unavailable, so I reached out to Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine, who is kind enough to join me again. Tim Foster, welcome back, my friend. Hello, everybody. 
Oi, I don't How even was know. that? <laughs> Who were you supposed <laughs> that to be? Was my that was your Samantha Brown, Brown impression? <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a, uh, a third guest at the uh, virtual round-ish table this week. He is Ron Thompson. You may know him online as Disney Dragons. First of all, Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lou. I appreciate it. And I have to ask you about your username because I think we all have had bizarre screen names throughout the years. Tim, I don't even want to know what yours was. So mm-hmm. why is it Disney Dragons? And more importantly, who is your favorite Disney Dragon? Well, let's see. My favorite Disney Dragon is really easy. That's Figment. Uh, I really enjoy him ever since uh, first time I went to Epcot. And I just uh, I started thinking at the time I was coming up with a screen name, and I like bike pigments, and and there's just lots of you know dragons. I mean, there's there's the Maleficent dragon, there's the dragon, the Reluctant one, and it just seems like every time we turn around, there's another Disney dragon. And then of course when there was the new Fantasyland, we had the flying dragon. So it seems like dragons and Disney kind of went together. So I just picked that for the screen name. So I'm kind of disappointed with that answer, right? Because I was either hoping a that you said it was going to be Elliot because Pete's dragon just does not get enough love. And I said, oh, maybe it's like a Bruce Lee enter the dragon kind of crossover reference. I'll take Ooh, You see what he does there? <laughs> hey, is Daryl Dragon a Disney dragon? Who? Captain and Tennille. Oh, oh <laughs> You know, it's so funny uh. because you don't know who Figment or Elliot or Bruce Lee is, but you know Captain and Tennille. <clears throat> Figment. Remember the Captain and Tennille show? Yeah, who had a, it who? played at it played at uh, where the American Idol was. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a, even just a slight crush on Tennille or Captain, whatever? Who me? Yeah. Oh, oh Lord, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tennille was real both. cute. So, so Ron, you are. Muskrat uh, love. Uh, I'm I'm moving on because this, this can get Thank ugly you. very quickly. Uh, Ron, you are here not just because you're a good guy and I've known you for years, but you actually won or lost, <laughs> depending how you look at it. Um, this top ten, and and remind me when it was on a cruise like seven years ago. Uh, yeah, oh, it seems like it, but I think it was just a couple cruises ago. Yeah, you, know, you had some. Um, and some auctions, things we could buy tickets ahead of time and then put them in the baskets for something that we wanted to uh, to try and win. So I bought a whole passel of them and I put every one of them in the, the top 10 basket. And so, uh, yeah, I was not surprised when I had the range of my ticket numbers and <laughs> and Deanna, Deanna pulled out the uh, the winning ticket and it was mine and it was mine of tickets there. So I went up there and I had this huge string. It looked like a toilet paper roll of tickets so I went up there, and uh, she says, I don't even need to see your, t- see your tits in there somewhere. <laughs> so uh, that's how I, how I won this, and I guess uh, it just you know, took a while for us to get together and to do it. Well, cool, and I appreciate it because you know that uh, you know, those charities, the, the, the auctions go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, so uh, I am very, very grateful and appreciative of your support, and I'm appreciative of you, too, because you're a good guy, and, and, I'm, and I'm happy that you're on the show, too. You'll help balance out the Tim Foster effect, which is nice. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey. But like I said— I got roped into this. <laughs> Uh, like I said, when I was first introducing this segment, you know, I think I almost really don't want to call this sort of, you know, common mistakes by first time visitors, because I think these are things that we need to know and remember for every visit. And the other thing, too, is these are things and this these are tips that I think you maybe as a frequent visitor need to pay forward to others 
who you hear are starting to plan their Walt Disney World vacation. So whether it's around the water cooler, virtual or otherwise, and you're oh, I'm going to Walt Disney World soon. These, I think, are some of the really important things that we who have been going for years, decades, know and, and maybe take for granted, but are important lessons that we should share as well. But Tim, right before yeah. we started recording, you, you, you always yeah, do this. You yelled at me, and you put fear into me, as you do every time we do this, because I think mm-hmm. that you said you've made up your own rules once again. No, you made up your own rules, and you just rattled them off without telling any of us. I was on doing something Was it something totally completely different? different? So I'm scrambling. <laughs> you had your top ten Disney dragons, and, and now you have two. I, I don't eat before Mission Space, but I don't think that's what exactly you were had in mind. <laughs> well, I th- listen. So now I'm scrambling. <laughs> So we'll give you, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we be courteous to Ron, who was, who was our guest and who has waited, uh, you know, 76 months to try and uh, make this segment happen. Ron, first things first, how long have you been going to Walt Disney World? And hopefully it, it's longer than the past three months. Yeah, uh, let's see. The first time was uh, 1975. I went there and I've been going very frequently ever since and hundreds of times now. So. Yeah, it seems like every time I'm in Walt Disney World, there you are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> and no matter where you go, there I am, right? <laughs> so I, I think, you know, like I said, at the, at, because we go so often, there are sort of just things that we just inherently know. We don't even think about anymore. But I think especially for people that maybe have never been before, you know, look, the thing about Walt Disney World is it is an experience and a vacation unlike any other and what I mean by that is not only because of the kind of wonderful experience you're going to have there and the cast members and the attractions and the churros and all that, but really because you need to prepare for going to Walt Disney World, unlike preparing for any other vacation destination on planet Earth. And I say that emphatically and you know definitively because going to Walt Disney World, look, you can say, come on, let's go to Aruba, and you'll just sort of figure it out when you get there. But if you want to have the best possible vacation experience, there are things you need to do and plan and prepare ahead of time. And I don't mean the day before you go. I mean like six months before you go. So, Ron, why don't you kick us off with one of the either mistakes or things you need to know or, you know, whatever you want to sort of call it, that things you need to keep in mind or, or mistakes that you see other people making when they go. Well, one of the first things I noticed, you know, since we go a lot, we obviously, our, our local sphere of friends, people, you know, come up to you and say, oh, we're going to take our family to, to Disney World for the first time and they want some recommendations. And the first question they always seems to ask is, what's it going to cost? So I think one of the things, one of the mistakes people make is is not preparing a budget because let's face it, you know, going to Disney World is is not cheap, and uh, you know a lot of them I think suffer sticker shock when they when they hear about how much it's going to cost. So not having that in mind is I think a real problem. And in fact, isn't there a book out that could help you save money <laughs> for Walt Disney World? Yeah, Guide to the Magic for Kids. Oh <laughs> my God! Look at you hijacking the plug right there. Ron, I I think you're 100% correct. And look, this is not meant to be a plug, but the reason why I wrote that book is because for the past 10-plus years, that is the question I consistently get as soon as I start to talk to people about what I do or even questions I get 
via email, which, which is, how do I save money? What's it going to cost me? You know, all these things. And then there's a, the trickle-down effect because that's a very uh, – it's very much a, a big umbrella question that leads to uh, additional questions. But I think that you're right. I think that Disney has, yes, made it much more affordable and accessible for people to be able to go – between free dining and value resorts and other sort of promotions that they have. But I think it's very, very good advice to prepare a budget so you don't have sticker shock when you get there or by day four you're like, hey, sorry, kids, no more food and or souvenirs because we, we've spent all that we've had. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book, obviously, is is even before you start to go, starting to think about preparing a budget and that's why the book is called saving for and at walt disney world because i think you need to save even before you start to go yeah i think that's that's a really important area because uh it's not that i i think disney is a great value but you know you are going to be spending money and it's it's good to know that ahead of time Unless you go with Tim. Tim doesn't spend very much money when he goes there. I follow Lou. Lou's <laughs> America's guest, so I just... Tim, like, hey, come on, let's split... I'll, let me buy lunch. We'll split a free ice water. So... Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so Tim... Hugs are free. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> all right, uh, Mr. Free Hugs, why don't, you, uh, why don't you go next and share with us one of your uh, first-timer mistakes? Train wrecks. All right, here we go. I'm, I'm knocking this one out of the park, man, because oh, I don't want you to steal it before I get to it. Here we go. Right, here we go. Go with me here, <laughs> folks. Oh, it's oh, no. the first one. <laughs> yeah, but I do have a couple of those later. Okay. <clears throat> People go into Walt Disney World. I'm talking to you. Do not think and do not attempt to taste to them. To do what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do everything. And don't go to the park thinking you can do everything and don't go to the parks expecting to do everything because you will just drive yourself crazy because there's too much to do. That's why we go back again and again and again. And there's still things I haven't done. There's still things Lou hasn't done, I think. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the the one thing, uh, one thing I see a lot of uh, obviously first-time people – doing is running around, uh, you know, helter-skelter, trying to get to this place at this time, this place at that time, uh, trying to see absolutely everything. And by the afternoon, the tears are flying, the, the, the faces are going red because they haven't done this. They have to get here or they're going to miss that. Look, you're not going to see it all. So don't worry about it. Take your time. Enjoy what you can. You're going to be there multiple days. You'll have a chance to see them. If you don't see it this trip, You'll see it on another trip. If you have things you really must see, then take advantage of the Fast Pass Pluses and evening magic hours and all those sorts of things to make sure you see them. But just know you're not going to see all 175 attractions or whatever there are. <clears throat> you're not going to eat at every restaurant. You're not going to see every site. But that's okay. That's part of the coolness of Walt Disney World. There's so much to see, you can't possibly see it in one day. You know, Tim, For I've known you for probably 12 going on 13 and years. And I blew it again. And you continue <clears throat> to befuddle me. <laughs> because ah, you on. called that a go with me here. No, and, it, it, and it, it wasn't. And, no, it wasn't and you also <laughs> snuck in like three while you were at it. So kudos to you. I, you I was out going down my ball. list scratching off. Yeah. The you out Lou Mangello on that one. So... All right, well, I so, learned from the 
I learn at the feet of the man. I learned it from watching you. So yes. <laughs> the old yes, uh, 80s commercial. So um, I, I agree. You know, w- trying to do it all was very, very high on my list. And I think to sort of turn it around, I think that what that really means to do is be sure that you come with expectations in mind, right? And look, there's four theme parks, two water parks, Disney Springs slash downtown Disney, golf, sports, shows, attractions, like restaurant. You will never be able to, when it was originally open, it was the vacation kingdom of the world. You could go for a week and really see and do almost everything Disney had. You can go for a week now, go commando style from, you know, from morning until morning, right? You mentioned extra magic hours and still not be able to see and do it all. And I think you need to go with those expectations. Look, the average family goes to Walt Disney World once every, you know, two, three, five years, somewhere in there, depending. You have to understand that there is no possible way you can experience it all. And I think that's why the planning is important. Deciding what is important to you, to your kids, where you want to eat, things like that. You need to think a lot uh, ahead of time. Uh, and you touched, I think, on a lot of things that, that Ron and I probably have on our list if I'm you sorry, don't. Sorry, No, guys. no, but in terms of things like extra magic hours and, and fast passes and, and things like that. So I think that you're right. This is what encourages us and incentivizes us to continue to go back uh, time and time again. But I think that you need to sort of figure out what are those things that you absolutely have to do? And then maybe things that you really, really want to do. And then maybe things that, okay, we would really like to do if there's time, right? And I think that'll allow you to pace yourself, to enjoy it, to not be disappointed because you're like, oh, we had these 77 things on the list and we only got to do 62 of them. Um, I think you should almost sort of prioritize some of those things. So don't try and do it all. And and and, and part of that too, come with expectations as well. I wish I said that. Can I, can I go back to something you said though, which you kind of slipped in there? Uh, what's this about going commando through Walt Disney World? <laughs> Well, is that a mistake or is that a tip? No, I, I mean, look, it depends on how you want a vacation, right? So, you know, a, a tip for some people, especially if you have families, maybe, is to not gonna, try and go, look what I'm going to do here, right? You, I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> come on, man. You're setting me up with the softballs. Okay. Look, if you're going with your two and a half kids and they are three years old and seven years old saying, Get up at 6 o'clock, kids. We're going to be there an hour before a rope drop, and we're going extra magic hours, and you're going to have fun whether you like it or not. That's probably not the best way to have the most magical experience, Mm -mm. right? So knowing that, hey, we should take breaks in the middle of the day. We should go early, leave for a few hours when it's really hot, go enjoy the pool, maybe go take a little nap, have a little nosh, and then come back and enjoy the parks you know, those are some of the things that people don't think about because they're saying, hey, we paid X amount for this ticket and the hotel and all that. So we need to go to the parks for as long as they are open and you can sleep, you know, uh, after we get home. I think that's why sometimes people come back and say, I'm never doing that again. I'm exhausted after my vacation. My, my, vacation. my kids were crying. My wife was complaining. Look, we've all seen the Main Street meltdowns, right? At 10 o'clock at night when you're funneling out of the park and dad just loses it because everybody is exhausted and tired and because they tried to push too hard and do too much. You got like it. 12 things in that. <laughs> that wasn't even one. That was like a codicil to yours. 
Yeah, well, you lost your turn there, Skippy. <laughs> Yeah, I call it the Disney Death March. You know, it's where, you, like you say, you start a rope drop, and oh, it's and it's open till one a.m. at the Magic Kingdom. So we just go almost twenty four hours, and you got a three year old kid who's not going to take a nap. And not a good plan. Yeah, and look, I've seen Cranky Tim late at night. It's not oh, yeah. pretty. It is no. not pretty. So. Don't talk over my. F- well, we'll get to that one later. <laughs> yeah, please, we almost came to fisticuffs during Illuminations one night. <laughs> almost. You won't make that mistake again. I will. That's right. I will never go to Illuminations yeah. with you again. Um, all right. So you think that I, I stole, even though I was really sort of just riding on the can't do everything coattails. That's okay. Uh, so, so, Ron, what is next on your list? Well, I think the, one of the things we, we kind of touched on it already was uh, not using FastPass Plus. I think that's a, that's been a great addition to uh, an improvement to just the old traditional fast passes because you do have the opportunity to plan well in advance what you want to do and I think a lot of people are not if they're first timers they probably aren't aware of that and they don't use that and as a result they get there and they find that lines are long and uh, or, or the wait times to go see a certain princess is too long to for their kids to wait and I think uh, that's one thing they should definitely do is take advantage of uh, Disney's FastPass Plus. I I agree with you 100%. And look, I, you know, the thing about FastPass Plus, going back to what I said before, Walt Disney World being such a unique experience, is this goes to the fact that you need to plan ahead of time. And there is a little bit of a learning curve. You're like, wait, I have to get this band and then go online or do the app you know, to, to decide what ride I want to go on when for the, for the new visitor, it, it's very, um, it's, it's a very sort of odd, strange way to vacation because when you go to Cancun, you just go to Cancun and you just figure your way around. Not like Walt Disney World. If you want to do certain things, you, you need to plan ahead. You know, the, those of us who used to love doing the spreadsheets love FastPass Plus because we sort of know to a certain degree what our day is going to look like. But if you've never been before, you really need to take the time. And I think, look, planning is part of the fun. Like, this is where you involve your kids and say, okay, you know, the first day, where do you guys want to go? Magic Kingdom? All right, what are the, what are the three rides you really want to see most? You start planning. You at least have a skeletal outline of, of what and where your day is going to look like. And then from there, you start to do some of the other planning that you need to do as well. Yeah. <laughs> What's a smartphone? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So and I think too, you know, Ron, not using FastPass Plus is one thing. I think not using FastPass Plus the correct way too. I think the more you start to use it, there is, there are tips and best practices that you can use, right? Because if I think if you don't use them, it's a mistake. If you don't use them the correct way, it could be even a bigger mistake, right? So you want to maybe save, you know, figure out spacing them out so that you have time. To eat, you're right. you don't want to make them too close to your dining reservations, where you're you're trying to rush through a meal to get to your next one, where you have ones on the opposite side of the park, and you find yourself sort of hoofing it from Space Mountain to Splash Mountain, and again, you're exhausted by the time you get there, especially in the middle of August when it's you know 113 degrees outside. So, using them and then using them properly, uh, I think, is an important tip. Yeah, I think there's a whole strategy associated with that because a lot of people, even if they've used it, don't realize that once you've used your three, you can go up and get another one. 
So there's the advantage of doing some of the fast pass pluses earlier so that later in the day you can go get a fourth one or a fifth one or a sixth one. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, for people who haven't been in a long time, they might, you know, they don't even know, necessarily know what this whole magic band is and what the restrictions on, on the fast passes are. I think Disney's doing a very good job, especially with the updates to the mobile app of making it much more guest and user friendly. But, um, you know, I think FastPass is, is another one of these new key components in order to getting the, the most out of your day and, and out of your overall vacation. If I can add, add uh, ride on your coattail there a little bit, what specific to FastPass, old and new, whether it's the new FastPass Plus or the old one, and it might not be as prevalent with FastPass Plus, but I, the mistake I see so many new people or used to see them make is not understanding what FastPass was and thinking it was something you paid for and it was something extra mm-hmm. and it was something they couldn't get when obviously it's not and they, they just didn't know that. And I, I've had a lot of new people make that mistake or just make that assumption that it's an extra thing I have to pay for, therefore I won't, therefore I'm not going to take advantage of it when you know, we all know it's not that at all. So don't do that. It's free. Forever. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, again, we mm-hmm. take that for granted. You know, even mm-hmm. when they used paper fast passes, it was the same thing. Like, oh, I can't afford. I, think I saw to it more there. Like, they, people see it and go, "Well, how much is that?" And you have to explain, "No, no, it's free." Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So, well, it's like photo pass too. Like, oh, I don't want the guy yeah. to take my picture because it's going to cost me. Well, it only costs you if you choose to buy them. See, I snuck another one in there too. You hey. know, let the photo pass photographer take a million pictures of you. You only have to pay for them if you decide to purchase them. Right. <laughs> so am I, is it, is it, is it your turn, Tim? It's or? my turn. Okay. <laughs> that one didn't count. I was, <laughs> oh, okay. I was cheating. I got a good one. I don't think this is a no, good no, no. one. Listen, listen, like, like Walt Disney always said, you, you have one. Pigs with pigs. No, no, you have one. We'll tell you if it's a good one. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> all right. Speaking of technology and smartphones. And your tablets. This is kind of a specific one, but this always bugs me. And this this has evolved. It's like the carousel of progress. This this thing that I'm about to talk about has evolved over the years. But today, I it 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 uh, saddens my heart when I see people watching wishes or illuminations or anything spectacular like that through their iPhones or through their tablets because they're filming it. And I, it's funny because back in the day, it used to be the big video camera with the big lights, which would annoy you because they don't <laughs> illuminate anything. Why can't you turn your light off? Because it's in my face. But now it's smartphones, and he's, you're standing on Main Street watching Wishes, and you see a little, a zillion little tiny screens on there. And the reason I tell, I try to tell people don't do that is I feel that you're, you're not experiencing. Wishes, for example, we'll stick with that. You're not experiencing wishes as it's meant to be. You're experiencing it on a little three-inch little glass window. And you're not really living it. You're, you're watching it from a distance. And this is the only time for a long time, or maybe the only time if you never come back, that you're going to see this in real life. And you need to take it in and appreciate it. We live in a world where if you really wanted to watch Wishes when you got home, you could go on YouTube and watch 10 million people's versions of it that are exactly the same as the one you're filming right now. So, you know, it's, I, I, 
people want to take it for their own, think it's their own memory, and I understand that, but you, we have access to watch it anywhere you want. When you're there, just experience it for what it is, and know you can watch it at your heart's content anytime when you get home. But uh, don't, I, don't live your life through a little two-inch screen. I, uh, I agree with you, and first of all, if you have a two-inch screen well, phone, six, it's time, whatever. For, it's time I'm for trying to upgrade. measure my phone right now, and it's not Somebody get this guy a Palm Pilot. Um, All right. I, <laughs> the only the only thing I would say is, as I agree with you, oh. right? And no, no, I agree with you. And look, it's it's frustrating yeah. because if you watch Wishes from one of its ideal locations on Main Street USA, all you're going to see is a sea of mm-hmm. bluish white lights in front of you. So I I think that you're right. When it comes to filming attractions, put your phone away and experience it through your own eyes because it is very different. The only thing I would say is if make sure you capture the memories of not the, the things but the people. Because right. when you have kids and I, I know I I've been really fortunate um especially living down here to see it through my kids eyes the first time when when my daughter was 9 months old and continue to see it time and time again and look my love of Disney came not from the the rides and the place and the shows and the it came from the memories I had with my parents and looking back on pictures. And those are the things that you should try and capture, but not at the expense of, of enjoying those moments and being part of it. So many of us, especially, I, you know, not to many dads oftentimes are like, hey, when am I going to be able to get in the picture? Because we're so busy taking the pictures, right? Our mom's taking the pictures and she's not in. So don't give up the moments because you're so worried about, you know, taking the video that you're not experiencing it you know, with your kids as well, because you want your kids to remember, well, my dad always had the camera in his hand. No, they want to remember that you were sitting there, you know, or they were on your lap or on their shoulders or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think I'd probably done it a few times, like filming something. Like I said, not, not these the special moments, which you absolutely need to capture, but just of an attraction or the wishes. I, I've done a few and gotten to the end and realized I, you know, I didn't really see that at all. I was paying attention to this, and I, I missed it. And I've done it myself. So, oh yeah, I think I missed know. my daughter's first steps because I was like taking pictures of a garbage can in Liberty Square or something. So. <laughs> the other thing I would say is, if you're riding in the haunted mansion and you have a video camera, uh, it, like don't you can if you want to get pictures high up and put you, you don't put your hands up over the back of your doom buggy and have the light shining into the guy's eyes behind you because that's rude. Lou. What? Hey. Lou. Listen, you're the one photographing for the magazine, not me. I'm there just experiencing it, trying to hide my popcorn bucket on the You were up there giggling away because you were blinding (laughs) the guy behind you. So I'm I'm struggling since this is technically my first one. um, Which to put first? Oh, please. (laughs) What? What? Nobody's going to buy that. See what he does? Oh. Jeez. Hey, listen, Thompson. I, I don't feel go, for you, Timmy. Oh, Thank please, you. I, I um, <laughs> because there's two that I think are, are so critical, and I think that there are mistakes that people make that really, really impact their vacations. Um, all right, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with this one first, and I know to a certain degree. Here's the lawyer me qualifying the 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 explanation. I know to a certain degree it's sometimes out of your control because of work and school and other commitments. But I think not knowing when to go can seriously impact 
the, the, the quality and quantity of time that you get to spend on your vacation. And I think timing is really everything. And, I, and I, what I mean by that is I don't just mean in terms of, look, you can save hundreds up to thousands of dollars, literally, on your vacation depending on when you go to Walt Disney World. It, it not, I mean, not, I'm trying to shill the book, but it, I mean, it's in the book in terms of knowing when to, to go can A, save you a lot of money. B, it can also save you a lot of time, right? There's a, there is a, um, there's something special about going during certain times a year, and sometimes you can only travel during holidays. But you know that if you're going to go on Christmas week or New Year's or President's week or, you know, if you really have to, July 4th, I mean, you're going during the most crowded, most expensive, long lines, large crowd, you know, times of year. And if you sort of just go and, and look on Disney's site and look at some of the different calendars, you're really going to be able to maximize your experience, both from the aggravation factor, the, the cost factor, the, the uh, ability to do more just based on when you go. Taking all the other planning things out of the equation, knowing when to go can save you time and money and aggravation. And I, and I hear too often people come back from Walt Disney and go, like, oh, God, like I'm never going again. Oh, why? Well, because I went you know, on July 5th, and I'm like, well, there's your first mistake right there. Like, unless you can only go that day, or like, like we said before, going in with certain expectations, that might not be the, the optimal time to go, especially for your first visit. I think, yeah. too, Lou, uh, you, you have a situation where people w- will have much better weather if they pick a little bit of an off thing. You know, going in the middle of summer, it's going to be hot and it's going to be humid. But you go, like, in the fall, it can be much more pleasant weather-wise, too. True, and... and- uh, look, I'm going to add one here. Knowing when to go means also knowing how to dress, right? And knowing what to expect. Like, look, you're, you're going to come in August. It's going to rain every day at three o'clock. Like, set your watch by it. That doesn't mean to go buy, a, 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 you know, a new poncho every day or rush back to resort because 20 minutes later it's going to be over. But you do need to plan and prepare and understand that that's just part of what vacationing in Central Florida in the middle of August is going to be like. And it gets it actually gets cold in January. Like I it's so funny watching people buy wool mittens and scarves and hats on Main Street when like a month before, you know, they were buying the 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 little fan with the spritzy thing on. <laughs> the misty like fan. <laughs> I bought a sweatshirt on Main Street because I was cold. That was the most Well, you're you're like a delicate you're like a little right? delicate flower, so I understand. Well, True. It gets like 60 degrees and, and Tim gets chilly. So I think knowing that the timing of your visit is incredibly <laughs> critical. Um, last, January, I bought a, last January, I bought a pair of Haley Hansen gloves for my wife because she forgot and left hers at home. <laughs> that was not cheap. <laughs> yeah, you want to go home with one of those big old sweaters, too, from the Norway Pavilion. So, <laughs> so all right. So the, the timing of your yeah. visit, I think, is... Uh, is, is is incredibly critical, and I think um, I don't even know how many we're up to so far. I think that's maybe six or or. I've 17. only said two. You've said oh, thirty-seven. Please, go ahead. all right. So go ahead, Ron. What's uh, what's another one on your list that's probably on our list as well? Okay, at the risk of sounding like Tim, uh, you got to go <laughs> with me here oh, on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Uh, Go it, with me here. Trademark, copyright, Tim Foster, no words. <laughs> yeah, but used by permission. Um, well. Sort of. <laughs> one of the things in, in uh, advising people about going to Disney World is they say, well, I'm going to be there for X number of days, seven days, so I'm going to buy seven days of park tickets. And I say, well, are you, are you really going to be there that much time? I said, when are you getting there the first day? Well, we're flying in. We're going to get there at 4 o'clock. Well, by the time you get to the, you know, your hotel, your resort, drop off your stuff and try and get to the parks, you really don't have much time there. Maybe you ought to not add that day in. And what time are you leaving on your last day? Well, we're going to leave at, uh, we got a 1030 flight. Well, you really don't need a park ticket for that day. So I think you can, you know, immediately they can, they just kind of jump to the conclusion that if they're there X days, they need X days of tickets. And that's not necessarily true. So what I've been advising people is do something else, like go visit the resorts or go to downtown Disney or uh, do something like that rather than buying a park ticket for those very short days that you have. I uh, I agree with you really? 100%. It's on my list. Um, and I don't think that that was a go with me here. I think knowing not just when to go, but I think knowing the getting the right ticket type is really important. And, and, and to your point, Ron, getting only not just the days that you need, but the options that you need, right? You don't necessarily need the water park fun and more option if you know that you're, you're not going to do it. You could always add on a single day if you really need to. I also think that you need to, again, prepare in advance and inquire about things like if you're active or retired military, right? If you're a Florida resident, there's lots of other additional discounted tickets that you can get, um, you know, especially if you are some of those things. Some of the different, um, you know, hotels even have uh, 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 discounts in terms of, you know, rates for, for uh, military and whatnot as well. Also start to think, okay, how many days am I really going to the parks? Do I need park hopper? Am I going more? Will I start to think about something that maybe you didn't think about before, which is an annual pass, right? Are we going to go in a 365-day year, are we going to go more than, I think, the, you know, it's like eight, nine days during that time? If so, maybe it's time to start thinking about an annual pass, which also incentivizes you to come back because the pass is already paid for, or even looking into saying, hey, Maybe only one person in our group should get an annual pass so that we can get some of the annual pass holder discounts or so we can get a Tables in Wonderland card. I, I, you know, there's a science, uh, and, and yes, there's math involved, into getting the, the right type of ticket and also seeing what options are available and what discounts are available as well. Yeah, I think the, the park hopper is definitely for first-timers is questionable. You know, if you're... If you've been there a lot and you say, well, we'll spend a half a day here and go over here. Uh, but if you really want to maximize you, the use of your time for first timers, you might be better advised just staying in one park on one day. I agree. And I also agree, too, that, you know, there are attractions that are outside the parks. I, you know, I think especially now as Disney Springs continues to grow and the resorts, I mean, you can spend. And I think, Tim, I think we actually did a show like top 10 yeah. free things to do. Uh, around Walt Disney World. I mean, you can do a lot without ever having to step into a theme park one day. And it also goes to the ability to take a break and enjoy your resort and whatnot as well. Wait, you just snuck another one in there. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just laying the groundwork for what's to come. Uh, go ahead, Tim. You're, what else do you have on your... On <coughs> well, your all right, my, I, here we go. <laughs> here we go. We're really going to follow me, kids. 
already? Well, <clears throat> yeah, use, you, the, that last one, what's brilliant, by the way, I, I was almost crying, but it's <laughs> so, loft, so lofty and so top level, which is fantastic. I'm going to bring this down. I'm going to get... I'm going to get intimate and personal with this one. This is more of a – when I actually – I will tell you. When I was putting this list together and heard the idea, uh, all the things – and we've kind of run through them. But I was um, toying with the idea of a mistake you made being perilously close to a tip you'd give to somebody. So it was basically like two sides of the same coin. So I was trying to think of things that weren't tips so much. But honest to goodness, mistakes. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? No, but go ahead anyway. No, all right, we'll, I'll we'll keep going. So here, so one very specific thing that I thought of, um, getting away from the planning and, and all that kind of introductory stuff. I'm going to go contrary to a tip that I think a lot of new people get, but that I think does them a disservice. And this is a very specific tip. And this is illuminations. You knew we were coming back here. Lewis. I didn't. Yeah, well. <laughs> we are. Now you're going to pay. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so what I see a lot of people do, because everyone tells them to, is to find your spot and stake it out an hour, an hour and a half ahead of time, depending on what time of year you're on. And, and I see people, and I've done it, and I see people sitting on the bridge or by the fence, you know, for an hour or an hour and a half, sitting, 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 and waiting. Well, here's my con- – I think that's a mistake. I, my contrary tip to new people, new visitors, even repeat visitors, is for illumination specifically. I, th- I, th- I think you do this for most shows, but I find it best for illuminations is don't stake out a spot. Wait till the last minute, and wherever you are – that's where you are. And you'll find that there are a lot of – as long as you don't get hung up being on the fence. And I think that's the mistake people get. Like we have to be on the fence so we can see every little thing. If you absolve yourself of that necessity, there are so many wonderful viewing areas that are just there. Like the courtyard in Japan. You can go in there as the show starts. There's nobody there. You'll have a great view. That um, You can probably find something like that in pretty much every pavilion. The best part is you didn't spend an hour and a half sitting on the ground. You got to enjoy all the other attractions in the World Showcase. You're going to have a great view. Yeah, you might miss a little of the subtle water things, but the real magic's up in the sky. We all know that. And you can't see the globe from all the way back in the pavilion anyway. Well, I can't. I need new glasses. But the other thing is if you're walking around and you don't pick your spot, you have the ability to move because who's been caught on the bridge to France only to find that the wind is going in your direction and pretty soon you can't see a thing. But you're stuck there because that's the spot you sat for, for an hour and a half to wait. So if you're walking around with winds coming your way, just walk around the other side of World Showcase and you'll be fine. That's my contrary tip that most people think you have to do. I say you don't have to do it, so don't make that mistake. So for everybody else out there that's vertically challenged like me, let me apologize for, for that because you're not going to be able to see illuminations now. So just go on and, and get yourself uh, a frivol or something. I, I, I see no, <laughs> no, I see your point, and I agree. You because, know, come on. No, no, you're right. And, and, and I see it a lot, you know, people sort of staking out, you know, they're almost sort of they lay down the blanket or they sort of, you know, put cones around them to sort of claim their spot. And unfortunately... Somebody, oftentimes one or, or two people, 
ends up spending an hour plus or two hours plus of their, I see this in Disneyland a lot too, of their vacation sitting there holding a spot for fear that they won't be able mm-hmm. to find it elsewhere. And I think you're right, especially for something like Illuminations. There are so many wonderful viewing. I think even Wishes, too, especially with the changes to the Magic Kingdom hub. There's so many opportunities and places to see it that don't necessarily sacrifice you know, a significant portion of, of your day right, and the, and the value you paid for your tickets um, to hold a spot you know, just just for what you think might be the the best spot for illuminations. Well, I think too, and and good, the grand there is if you can be right there on the water, there there is something to that, and I won't I won't say there's not because it is pretty cool. But I find I, I find that you get more enjoyment out of it, or you get more enjoyment out of the evening. It doesn't feel as hectic. It doesn't feel like you've <laughs> In an ironic way, it doesn't feel like you rushed around, even though you were really – what I'm getting you to not to do is sit in one place for an hour and a half, so you're not really rushing. But you felt not free, not free to roam around and just go to this shop, go see this, go wander in the courtyard. Like You were committed to this for you know, two, three hours. If you just watch it from the back of the pavilion, I think it's more relaxing. You'll enjoy it more. And you'll enjoy the evening more because you got to do more things. You didn't spend the whole evening just sitting there in one spot. So. I agree. And if yeah, you really want to have a good time, stand near Tim while he's uh, watching oh. and eat and chat a lot oh. because he loves that. Tim, nope. it, yeah. Don't ruin my moment. I'm crying. <laughs> Stop. I, I would say a corollary to that too is if it really is important for you to have a good viewing spot, you know. There's there's things you can do like you can uh, cost you a little bit of money, but you can go like to one of the Illumination dessert parties or for things like Fantasmic, you can do the Fantasmic dinner package and that, that avoids you having to stand in a long line, but you still get a premium spot to view things. So there you go. See that? Nice. I like it. Um, all right. Let's, so for my first one, I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, this is one that I was sort of back and forth on, but I think this is one that especially first-timers, they get this advice or they see this as a way to, you know, well, hey, you know, this is a good way for us to save money, so this is what we should do, and it, it seems so attractive. But I honest, honestly believe that it, that it, especially for first-timers, and I don't like to call it a mistake, but I don't think it, it is the, the best advice I think you lose a lot by staying off property. And I think what happens Thank is you start you. to plan yes. your vacation and you're like, oh, look, you know, there's a hotel, you know, just five miles away. And it looks like it's got this really, you know, uh, cheap rate and there's free shuttles and all these kind of things. You're like, oh, well, that sounds like it's a great deal. You know, if you don't know Walt Disney World, it sounds on its face like it's good because that's where you you might take that advice when you're going somewhere else. But I think you lose so much. And, and yes, you can't talk about the unquantifiable magic that there is of staying in a resort and, and being inside this, this wonderful bubble and having that sort of Disney magic 24-7, 365. But in a much more practical sense, number one, you might not necessarily be saving a lot of money, right? I think you need to start looking at things like Art of Animation and Pop Century and the all-star resorts, and the the discounts that are offered throughout the year. But you also lose a lot in terms of time and money, right? Those free shuttles that look like they're going to... 
you are spending a, a great deal of time waiting for buses, waiting for shuttles. They're going to stop at a number of different resorts. Um, I, I think that you lose a lot in terms of the overall experience, uh, whether it be from dining to cast members to just being immersed into that that magic that we continue to talk about. You lose the convenience of the free Disney transportation, uh, all the perks that staying on property has to offer, and they are numerous. Uh, I think you really, I think you lose a lot. And that story that I told before about that guy that swore he was never going to go back, yes, not only did he go in the middle of July, but he said, oh, I stayed at X amount of resort, and they said it was 10 minutes away, but it took us an hour and a half to get there because we had to wait for the shuttle, and by the time we got there and walked and we were confused, it, it ruined his and his kids, more importantly, it ruined their experience. Um, and I think... You know, I understand the the in terms of uh, of budget, but it, you know, if it, are you talking about a difference of ten, fifteen dollars a night between maybe staying there and staying one of the ones on property? I, I think in in terms of overall investment in your vacation experience, um, that is ten, fifteen dollars very, very well spent. I uh, actually, I'll. I'll- Couple that with another one because I've I've family that's actually doing this is um, the the way to to compound that is to stay off property and 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 I grant that you know money is if you're on a tight budget you you, you do consider that and yeah I'm not going to dismiss that point because it's valid but um, usually when it seems like if it's a first timer going and especially if they have kids they're doing the other thing that was mentioned is they're going at the wrong time of year and again granted they might not have any choice because of school and whatnot but if you couple they're going at the wrong time of year say christmas (laughs) and they're also staying off property then you're you're really um setting yourself up for some trouble because not not only for the things you said but now remember you can't take advantage of um all the tips that you would get to to get to the attractions that are going to be very crowded well go during extra magic hours well not if you're off property you can't do that and things like things along those lines so not only are you at a disadvantage right out the gate of seeing all the things you want to do you can't take advantage of a lot of the perks that disney gives you if you're staying off property, so you can compound the air, right? And, and, and I think, and I, I, and I know people who do that, and it's oh, don't do that, do that. And look, and to build on what on your story about going during Christmas, and to add on to what I was talking about before in terms of timing, remember too, you don't need to go on Christmas to experience Christmas. Look, at Walt Disney World, Halloween begins in September, and Christmas begins literally on November first. So you right. go to you go. On November 3rd, you will get a very similar type of experience with a lot less crowds and a much uh, lower cost than if you tried to go during Christmas week. So for things like that, take that into account too. And to sort of to add on to what I was talking about in terms of staying off property, and, and I think this actually, I'll, I'll weave this in, if you, even if you stay on, make sure you are aware of the transit times to get from one place to another. 
you know, I joke around being a local, like, oh, Animal Kingdom is so far away, it's like 20 minutes. But you got to remember, like, if you're going from Animal Kingdom to Magic Kingdom, it is relatively far. And if you stay off property, you've got to add a lot more time onto that. And I think that's something, too, in terms of planning and knowing before you go just how long it's going to take, you know, when you need to leave, how long it's going to take you to get back, especially if you have the potential child and or adult meltdown problem late in the day, um, keeping in terms of where you are staying on or off property and how long it's going to take for you to get from here to there. Exactly. Well, I unless, to- unless you go with the Lou door to door service, which he offers for special people. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind getting into a car with me, because it's like Mr. Toad's wild ride when I drive around. Uh, yeah, go in the get in the back seat. That's my advice. <laughs> my kids well, love when I play test track with them. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> in, in addition to the you know, quantifiable reasons, Sam, property, when, when you have small children, if they need a nap in the afternoon, we, we used to stay at either the Polynesian or the, or the Contemporary. And if you're at the Magic Kingdom, you hop on the monorail, go back and give them a nap, and then you can be back in the parks afterwards fairly quickly. If you're off property somewhere, that's a major haul to get take your kid back to, for a nap. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So, yeah. um, all right, I, we're, we're running long, and I think that we've hit – 19 so far, even though I have a, a list of 10. I've been trying to keep uh, a tally. But uh, Ron and Tim, why don't you give us one more, and then I'll do the same and then sneak in 13 uh, honorable mentions. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's see. We've hit several of them, uh, at least uh, we kind of sideswiped them. But one I think we haven't talked about is is the whole uh, concept of planning your eating. Yeah, baby. No. Somehow I knew that had to be on your list, uh, but but I think there's a lot of facets to that. You know, I one of the things I know with with first timers, they'll have talked to somebody or they'll read something and say, "Oh, I want to eat it, be our guest, or I want to eat in the castle," and they they seem to th- they seem to th- just walk up and, and get on in, and they don't realize that w- how difficult it is to make reservations for some of the places. And so they need to, you know, not using making ADRs for those kind of reservations, or if you're doing quick serve, not eating at the, you know, the prime times of 11.30 to 1-ish. If you eat a little bit off times, you can save long lines at the, uh, the quick serves. So I think planning your eating is, is a big deal. So I almost mentioned this first because, look at me, you know how important food is to me. And this goes to the point I was making before because nowhere – on planet Earth, do you need to go, okay, folks, we're almost 180 days out. Where do you want to eat and when? And in some cases, exactly what do you want to eat because they can deliver to your table before you, you even you know, have to sit down to order. The fact that you not just should but almost have to make dining reservations six months, you know, three, six months in advance is a very – foreign, uh, difficult to grasp or digest, to use that uh, foodism, uh, a difficult to digest concept for people. But, you know, if you want to go to table service restaurants, and you should, right? So I think if somebody comes home and is like, oh, I hated Disney World. All I had was burgers and chicken nuggets and french fries. You're doing it very, very, very wrong because some of the best meals I've ever had on planet Earth have been at Walt Disney World. You really need to know ahead of time, yeah, this is the park we're going to be in. And these are the places, forget the attractions we want to see, these are the restaurants that we want to go because 
we all hear stories about people going, I, I don't understand. I, I went to Disney World and I walked up to X restaurant and they told me I couldn't get in. That doesn't happen anywhere else, right? Normally, if you want to go to a restaurant, you go and you, you wait. You, don't, you aren't told, hey, there, I'm sorry, there's no walk-ups anymore. So next thing you know, you are frustrated and you are, not that I, look, I love me a good hamburger. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But you say, well, gosh, that's all we were eating was, quote, unquote, fast food. And you shouldn't, and that should not be part of the experience. So making dining reservations, dare I say, like, after you decide when you're going and where you're staying, that's the thing. I I would make my dining reservations before I'd make my fast pass reservations. Well, of course you would. Look at me. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I mean, it's true, right? I mean, if you want to, you know, be able to enjoy some of the amazing food that they have there, you really, and, and this goes to the point about planning ahead. You need to plan your meals. You need to plan your transportation time. You know, yes, you, and, and, and as a, almost a bit of a warning, yes, you can over plan, and that is a potential mistake as well, because you don't want to be locked into this, some, you know, minute by minute schedule. And next thing you know, you're like, come on, guys, hurry up and eat because you have to get here. But under planning for, for meals and transportation and all that kind of stuff is, is, a, is a really potentially critical mistake yes yes that's it that's all you got it's just yes <laughs> is it my turn it is well, that was brilliant oh, I shush I, I <laughs> no and that wasn't even yours that was Ron's way to go Ron that was a good one fantastic yeah it was Friday stole thank you <laughs> thank you I, I I'm <laughs> I only got a couple on my list. I'm going to go the opposite end of the spectrum and just get really, really, really minor. Again, I'm going to do two and one, but they're, don't worry, Lou. They're two simple ones. So uh, This is just a little line, uh, uh, not etiquette, a little line primer, how to do the line. Um, first, wait, what was I going to say? I, I, I'm waiting with bait. <laughs> We're all waiting with bated breath. Oh, I know. Uh, when there's a opportunity or you're approaching a situation where there's multiple lines, the, the turnstiles, for instance, or what passes for turnstiles these days. Uh, newbie mistake, don't make it. Um, you don't have to go to the longest line. There's a bunch of them out there. Um, keep walking down. You'll usually find there's nobody down at the end, and you can walk right in. And said, so I'm always amazed that I. Big cluster in the middle as people walk in, walk down a little bit. Nobody's there. And I look back and there's people standing in a 30-person deep line when there's open kiosks right down the way. So just a little tip there. The other one, I can't remember. Oh, I remember. Is <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't know, for you first-timers out there, there are bag checks when you go into the parks. So if you don't have to have a bag... Don't bring one just because you think like, – if you have a little camera or you're, or you're putting in a little bag and you could easily put it in your pocket, put it in your pocket so you don't have to get in the bag line. I see a lot of people that go through the bag line with something that if they'd have thought ahead of time, they could have just put in their pocket or not even brought and been fine. And you're in the park quicker. You're enjoying your food quicker. You're getting on your attractions quicker. No selfie sticks. No selfie sticks. No selfie sticks. sticks. No selfie sticks. No selfie sticks. And that's it. Just a couple little line tips for, for the newbies out there. That's all. 
All right. So. Oh, you love that one, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I, I, it was. I'm writing it down right now. Hold on. Line. Oh, get line. In. Okay. Um. If you see Lou Mangiello in the park, park run. yourself next to him. <laughs> you will hear the greatest <laughs> stories you've ever heard in your life. Um. Gosh, you know, like you, Tim, I have a, I have a bunch of like little ones, little ones. right, little ones. Uh, I, I say this jokingly: sleep is for the weak. And what <laughs> I mean by that is this: is like again, you know, look, you want to go to Hawaii or on a cruise and or you know some exotic island and sleep in and land. That's great. Disney World is not for sleeping. <laughs> you are not there to sleep. And and I say this jokingly. For a couple of reasons. Look, there, there's so much to do, and yes, you should have a, a relaxing vacation. But what I really mean by that is in order to really get the most out of your day is to get there early. And I mean get there early as in before park openings because the the best time of day, I think, to, to really maximize your time and, and in turn maximize your dollars are the first couple of hours right after the park opens. You'll see, especially places like Magic Kingdom, really starts to fill up 10, 30, 11, 12 o'clock. But you can get so much done in those first couple of hours. And and yes, even in the last couple of hours, especially at Extra Magic Hours, after the per- first parade is over, if you're able to do it, and that's why the break in the middle of the day is so very important, and you can sort of bookend like a couple of hours at the beginning and a couple of hours at the end, you sleep when you get home, right? You sleep in the car, not unless you're driving. Don't sleep in the car or sleep on the plane. Um, you can really get, uh, you can really maximize your time and get a lot of benefits by getting there early and, and getting up a little. Oh, look, it's part of the fun. You know, I, I think that's, that's also part of the fun too is rustling the kids up early and they complain Sometimes when they're getting out of bed, but when they get there and they see the Magic Kingdom welcome show, or maybe they're the family of the day, or they get to do a lot in Animal Kingdom before it starts to get hot, or something you know neat and special happens. If you get to Typhoon Lagoon early and you're the family of the day and they give you one of the cabanas, I mean, there's, there's some really neat things you get to experience as well. So I understand relaxing is important, but knowing when... To, to relax and when to get your naps in. And no, Tim, it's not at the Hall of Presidents, unlike where, where you like to nap. Um, I, I take, your, take your naps in the middle of the day and, and get up early and stay late. Now, I, I got to take offense there, Lou. I, wasn't, I didn't complain last time. I was just grumpy. That's all. There's a difference. <laughs> I, but you, you had your head on my shoulder as I'm trying to listen to this, this rousing tribute to all nations, but mostly America, and there you were uh, napping away. So I died my Darth Vader jammies on. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any other, just quick, rapid fire, any other quick little uh, tips or, or mistakes <laughs> that you think? Don't ever wait in a line that's longer than 20 minutes. Do what yes, you have to yes. do. Don't do it. <laughs> Well, yeah, but wait a minute. You can't say that and then say, well, wait a minute. I'm going in the middle of August. Every line is over 20 minutes. Well, then you listen to the first part of this show and you do all <laughs> the things we talked about. You use your fast pass. You go later in the day. You do the lesser attractions. Don't get in that line. All right. No Make sure you use uh, Disney's Magical Express. Yeah. Use Wait. the uh, – don't worry about carrying this all your, your souvenirs around with you all day. Use – the uh, the service that allows you, and this is again a reason why to stay on property. Let them ship your your packages back to your resort for for you. 
Anything else? That's all you got? Cabs are available. Uber. Uber, baby. Oh, jeez. Oh, come are on. You, it's 2015. Can I Uber with you, Lou? Are you an Uberism? <laughs> Uber Am I an Uber driver? No. Uber I'm gonna do that. I should do that once. Like just become an Uber driver just for fun. Just to, to No, I, yeah. we've done that a few times where it's uh it's oh so crowded to get out of the park, so the bus lines are so long or it's obviously the end of the day. Like we'd be in Epcot instead of making our way out to the front through spaceship earth and the crowds all the way to the bus, sneak out the back, go to the yacht club. For a few bucks you got your own personal limo. All you right, so my th- my final tip then is listen a mistake that I think sometimes people make. Listening to Tim. No, don't mm-hmm. be an adult. Don't be, don't be grown yeah. up when you go to Disney World. Yeah. Allow yourself to be a kid again. Go take pictures with characters. Go see the shows. Go have fun. Go be goofy. Pun accidental. You're never gonna see those people again anyway, right? Go enjoy yourself, especially if you have kids. Like. Let your in it leave it all at the gate. When you walk through that portal, leave everything that made you, you know, that makes you an adult behind, other than your credit card, because you're gonna need it. But allow yourself to to have fun and just be a kid again and, and enjoy it, you know, like you said, Tim, through your own eyes, but through the yeah. eyes of, of the seven-year-old that lives in all of us. Yeah. The happiest places on earth. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So can't, can't stop. I would love to hear from you, listener. I'm pointing to you. What do you think is a common mistake by first timer by first timers or visitors to Walter's World that you could offer as a bit of advice to help them? Do me a favor. You can tweet me at Lou Mangello. You can go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast and leave a comment there on the show notes page. We'll definitely keep the conversation going there. You can also go to facebook.com slash Radio. Leave a tip there. I would love to see and hear from you tips that we didn't cover. Maybe tips that we didn't think about. Maybe if I, if I hear a tip that it just blows me away, I will send you a prize for doing it. <laughs> or prizes, plural. How's that? Ooh. I'll send prizes, Ooh. plural. And there Ooh. could be more than one winner, so it's not just uh, it's not just only one. So I'm going to monitor Twitter and Facebook and the show notes page, and if I see something that is really cool that we can add to the list, I will send you a prize. Then, when you're done doing all that, please go to celebrationspress.com and see all the beauty and the majesty that is Celebrations Magazine in print or on digital. Correct, mm-hmm. Mr. Foster? That is correct. And then go to Ron Thompson's house because he makes a mean chili. Mickey Mickey waffles. (laughs) I make great Mickey waffles. Great Mickey waffles. There you go. Can I shameless plug? Again? Go ahead. Of course you can. Yeah, (laughs) again. I might. That's not a last show. If you go to celebrationspress.com, now for sale for pre-ordering is our Celebrations Collector's Halloween Hauntings <gasps> book. What? Yes. To go with the Christmas book. If anyone has that, this is a hardcover, coffee table, 120-page, full-color book of Halloween. Booty you. Wow. Villains. Tower of Terror. Haunted Mansion. It's all in can there. I, uh, can I get me a copy of that? You could. Because I, I love I me some it. Halloween at Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Once you make it, I love me some <laughs> Halloween at Walt Disney World. Yeah, we're pre-selling. That's going to come out in October, and we're very, very excited. But it's uh, it's for pre-sale 
now if anyone would like to pre-order their copy at a discount. Yeah. Is this I like, the, oh, there's, I a, there's a discount display. going? There's a discount? Uh... Yeah. Really? Uh, is this like I a limited, is this like a limited edition kind of thing? or? Well, I'm not making uh, oh. a million of them, so yeah. Is that, so I guess technically anything that is a limited <laughs> edition because there's not an infinite <laughs> supply of them. So cool. Well, CelebrationsPress.com. Yes, I have to get excited. me a copy of that. I you will. To, Maybe I, one will be in your jack-o'-lantern <sighs> stocking. Oh, man. Maybe I'll so, buy Tim, it. are you going to have a, uh, a Christmas one also? Well, we've had uh, we had our first Christmas book, which has sold out. Yay! Yes, um, I got that one. Uh, we have a second one that is still available, and uh, now I really have to put myself on the line here because that means I got to make more books. But after the Halloween book, the next book we are planning is get ready for it: the Tim Foster pinup calendar. Finally, <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. Disney After Dark. <gasps> Ooh. And then Christmas, the third edition, and so on and so forth. But uh, wow, that's all Ow. to come down the road. Right now, we have Halloween going and some leftover Christmas. So. There are some busy little elves over at CelebrationsPress.com. Love it, brother. Yes. Love it, brother. Good yes. stuff. Ron that's Thompson, thank you so much, buddy. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate Yay. your support and your friendship and all the many, many tickets you made and the donations you made to the Make-A-Wish yeah. Foundation, uh, you know that that goes to uh, an amazing cause, sponsoring the wishes of uh, children with, with life-threatening illnesses so that they can come and enjoy all the things that we enjoy about Walt Disney World. I hope to see you again soon, whether it be on a cruise or in the parks, my friend. And uh, thank you guys both so, so very much. If not before, I'll see you with the running team in January. Nice. Nice. We'll eat our way around the world. <laughs> I don't. I don't run. I don't either. Oh, you should come out and cheer. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you come out and cheer with us, Tim? Okay. Four nights in a row of getting up at two o'clock in the morning and standing there for hours waiting for the runner. Come on. Uh. Breakfast no. on a trash can with Luke. Come on. There's nothing more magical than that. I know. Sleep is for. What did you say? Sleep is for the week. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes, like this week, in what you hear. If you think you got the answer right, you can enter via email for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before I give you this week's question, let's go back review last week's and select our winner. So last week, and really the last couple of weeks, I've been talking a lot about Walt Disney. And obviously, Walt Disney World was a realization of a long-time dream that he unfortunately never got to see completed. And as you know, the windows on Main Street USA, both in World and Land and other parks around the world, really honor those that played an important role in the creation of the parks and contributions to the company. And while most people have one window, Walt has more. And the question last week was to tell me, how many locations can you find Walt Disney's name on Main Street USA? Again, assuming Main Street begins from where you enter the turnstiles until you reach the hub. And I was amazed and excited and a little bit proud about how many of you entered, got this one correct, because you knew that the answer was actually three. 
And so the first time you see Walt Disney's name is above the railroad station. That's why I qualified where Main Street begins, because as you enter the turnstiles and look up at the railroad station, you could see the top window says Walt Disney World Railroad Office, keeping dreams on track, Walter E. Disney, chief engineer. As you go farther down to the opposite side of Main Street USA, if you look above the Plaza Restaurant, you'll see Walt Disney's name facing Cinderella Castle and the partner statue, and it says, Walter E. Disney, Graduate School of Design and Master Planning, and it also lists other names of the headmaster and instructors and the dean of design, etc. But the third window is actually not on a window per se, but on a door. It's on the east side of the street as you approach Cinderella Castle, located just past the yellow section of the Emporium as you cross Center Street. And it says, open since 71, Magic Kingdom Casting Agency. It takes people to make the dream a reality. Walter Elias Disney, founder and director emeritus. So congratulations and thanks to all of you got that, who got that one correct. You were once again playing for the 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book and a WDW Radio Magic Band cover. And last week's winner, randomly selected from all the correct entries, is Ken Schmidt. So, Ken, congratulations. We'll cut your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week's question is simple. I didn't say easy. It's simple. Depending on how well you pay attention to the details and what you hear in current or maybe former attractions because tell me where in Walt Disney World have you heard this phrase where do you think you are Disney World all you have to do is answer via email to contest at www.radio.com by Sunday September 20th at 11.59pm once again you're playing for the 102 Ways book a WW Radio Magic Band cover and just because I feel like it I'm also going to throw in a new Tomorrowland audio tour so good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. I got to take a second again just to say thank you. I know how valuable and limited your time is, and I'm so grateful that you choose to spend some of it with me simply chatting about the things that we love about Walt Disney World. I also want to say quick thanks to some new members of the WW Radio Nation and family, including Deborah Smith, Anthony Fumai, Michael Ruffin, Terry Doherty, and Brandon Hamlin. Thank you guys so very much for helping to support the show. If you'd like to find out how you can be part of the nation as well, support the show and get great rewards every month like scavenger hunts, a private Facebook group, custom personalized Magic Band cover, logo gears, t-shirt, backpacks, care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive group video calls, and lots more. You can visit www.radio.com slash support. Don't forget that in addition to the podcast, which you can find in iTunes and or Stitcher, please join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for www.radiolive.com, where I chat in a video call about this week's Walt Disney World with you. You can log into the chat room be part of the conversation and then stay on for about an hour or so. Ask me anything. I broadcast live at www.radiolive.com. You can watch on your desktop via the free Ustream app just by downloading it to your device, searching for WW Radio, and also on Periscope. It's a free app for your mobile device, and I do a lot of videos, not just on Wednesday nights, but from the parks as well, where I take you along as I walk through the parks, chatting, 
eating, whatever it may be. Again, I'm at Lou Mangiello on Periscope. I'm also at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, on all the social. And you can also like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash Radio. would love to keep conversations from the show, about the show, or other things that are happening in the Disney world going on there as well. Really like to use that sort of as our clubhouse, a place that we could all call home and meet and chat with each other. Uh, if you have a question you want me to answer on the air about your upcoming trip or history or trivia or whatever it may be, you can email me, lou at wdwradio.com. And if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail line at 407-900-9391 with a question, a comment, even just a hello from the parks. And of course, if you've listened to the show before, you know as much as I love connecting and chatting with you online, I think that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World and events on the road around the country, technically soon to be around the world. You can visit the events page on our Facebook page or at www.radio.com to find out about upcoming meets, including our next meet of the month, which is going to be this Sunday, September 20th in Disney Springs slash Downtown Disney. It is the meet slash meet, M-E-A-T, of the month as meet we meet up at the Food Truck Park in Downtown Disney from 4 to 6 p.m. It is free. Anyone and everyone is welcome. Bring the kids. Come alone. Whatever you like. And if you visit the events page, you'll find out about upcoming Meets of the Month. I should be posting Octobers and Novembers pretty soon, as well as other special group events that we do. We do group cruises, things on the road. So we're doing the Star Wars cruise and the Disney Fantasy February 6th through the 13th. It's also our ninth anniversary. That's going to be a ton of fun. A couple weeks later, we're going down to New Orleans to eat meat. And some of you will be running in the New Orleans Rock and Roll Half Marathon. I'll be in Chicago the weekend July 8th. And our e-ticket adventure... November 4th from New York City on the Magic to and in Puerto Rico. That should be a blast. Also, don't forget about our running team virtual race in October. Visit www.radio.com slash VR, like virtual race 15. You don't need to be a member of the team, although we'd love to have you. And you can you don't have to even run a real race. You can sort of run it or walk it on your own and... You also get a very, very cool Tomorrowland-themed medal. Again, www.radio.com slash VR20. You need to join up, sign up by September 20th. And to find out about some other places and conferences that I'll be at, I do a lot of speaking uh, both at conferences and to schools and like to do meetups while I'm there. You can visit loumangelo.com. And actually, while you're there, you can find out how to book me to speak at your conference, to your business, or even to your or your kid's school. And if I can help you maybe turn your passion into your profession and build your brand or business and find out how to join the small mentoring groups or do some one-on-one coaching as well. Again, that's loumangelo.com. Uh, big thanks to Mouse Fan Travel. They are, of course, my official and recommended travel provider. You can get a free quote from them over at mousefantravel.com. And as you, Tim said, you go to Celebrations Press, you can get a uh, beautiful issue or issues of Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, I consider you my friends. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tell your friends about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Comment and share over on Facebook. That's a huge help. And also, if you go to iTunes, search for WW Radio, rate and review the show there. That's incredibly helpful. And thanks to you, we have more than a thousand five-star reviews very, very grateful to all of you, including some recent reviewers like MM123, QWERTY, SuperNerd1571, K Music Teacher, 
Ska, Connor, and Madman1502. Thank you guys so, so very much. And finally, and most importantly, I am so, so very grateful to each and every one of you for allowing me to do what I love every day and share it with you and and have you be part of the experience and journey with me. And just a few days ago, being the anniversary of September 11th, I spent a lot of time thinking that morning and and remembering the events and and honoring the memory of, of those who lost and sacrificed so much. But I also want you to remember that there's a lot to be learned from events like that including that our lives can forever change in an instant with no warning at all. So don't wait, right? Today, right now, go tell somebody that you love them. Start doing the thing that you dream of. Make that phone call that you've been putting up and take that chance that maybe you've been afraid to take because someday or tomorrow might never come. So don't let it be too late. Take that first step and always keep moving forward. Have a great, great week, everybody. Thank you so, so very much. So until next time, see ya. Hello, Lou Mangiello and the WDW Radio Group and WDW Radio Fox People and WDW Radio Running Team, WDW Radio Cruisers for Star Wars. In 146 days. This is Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. And that cruise is coming up very quickly. And right before that is my Disney 5K with the WDW running team for the first time. And then after that, 417 days is the e-ticket adventure on the Disney Magic out of New York City. Woo! Now, I have a very big announcement that I want to share with my Fox People family. I want you guys all to know if you didn't see it on Facebook, but I'm sure you did. My daughter, Alicia Cousins, got engaged on last Thursday before she went on her trip to Florida with her new fiancé, Mike. Uh, to Florida, they stayed at the Coronado, and now they are sailing on the Disney Fantasy with family um, from California, our cousins Elena and her boyfriend. So I am so excited. I'm going to have a wedding to plan with my beautiful daughter, Alicia. And I just wanted to share it with everybody. Thank you so much for listening to me. Love you all. And have a magical night. And go Bills. They won the season opener. Woohoo! Have a great night. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Libations for everybody! Yeah!